welcome back to another episode of two average husbands i'm your host jake i'm your host kyle welcome back everybody jake what are you drinking this week this week as voted on by our twitter followers as well as my twitter followers uh, after i retweeted it i will be drinking the french toast imperial stout by hubbard's cave it is an imperial stout fermented with cinnamon maple syrup vanilla beans and lactose and it is ringing in at 12 percent alcohol and i need this whoop whoop all right, this week I am going to continue on with my import beers because I have quite a few of them. And actually on this uh, particular one, I have several from the same brewery. So hopefully this one's going to be a good indication of the rest of them also being good and uh, not the opposite. Uh, and I also just realized that I grabbed the one that I didn't actually put on my list uh, on my Excel spreadsheet. That's fine because they're all the same brewery and the labels all look the same. Uh, but anyway, I'm doing Samuel Smith's Imperial Stout. Uh, they call it a product of England, which is kind of hilarious because I'm pretty sure they're actually made in Washington. Uh, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, it's a 7% beer, uh, and there is at least three others of this that I'm still going to try. The one that I was going to do is their chocolate stout, but this one's just their traditional imperial stout. There we go. Sounds delicious. Oh, man. It is nice to be back and do an actual live podcast again as opposed to pre-recording them not that we don't love pre-recording them because we don't um but it's definitely nice to be live hopefully we get some good interaction tonight um, we've already got a few people watching it looks like so that's great to see so uh anybody who's tuning in so far we do appreciate you guys stopping by make sure you check out on our youtube page the draft recap that we did last week that was a great episode i think if you like football if you want to hear um, what some decently intelligent football minds have to say about the draft it's a good thing to check out but Kyle, your topic is the one that is leading us off this week. So what do you have for us? It is, and just want to caveat what he just said with the fact that I'm not actually a decently intelligent football mind. I'm just a football fan that likes to talk shit with my football-minded friends. Uh, that being said, though, that was a really, really fun episode, and we love fucking hanging out with Ryan on that episode. Shout out to him again. Um, so check that episode out. It's a great one. Um, but my first topic of the night... And this time I am definitely keeping on the lighter side of things and not going intense, even though I stay on the light side of things and Jake still tells me I'm being more intense than I should be. So the first episode or first, sorry, topic that I want to talk about is I want to talk about jobs that we had in either high school or college. Uh, and we can just bullshit about the, uh, the jobs themselves and kind of talk some shit if we want to. And then I want you to tell me about your favorite job specifically. All right. So um, should we just start from the beginning, like go through basically like every job that we've had? Yeah, sure. All right. So my first job, my first official job anyway, was I worked at Walmart or not Walmart at McDonald's as a like cashier slash fry guy. That's really all they had me do. They put me on fries and they'd occasionally put me on the cashier. Wait, did you say you worked at Walmart as the fry guy? I said Walmart and I realized I fucked up and it's McDonald's. <laughs> like I said, it's been a long week. I um, love that. Um, yeah, I was. it was McDonald's. I worked there as a fry guy slash cashier. Occasionally I would do like the drive through window. Um, I worked over the summer doing that. I got stuck with really shitty shifts. I would work like 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. No, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Holy shit, I can't talk this week. 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. And it was just like the worst shift in the world. So I quit that job fairly quickly. Um, after that, I worked at a local dairy uh, fact, I guess factory is probably the best term for it. Um, what I did there was packaging and um, cleaning of milk crates so that they could be re repacked with milk and sent out to the local supermarkets. From there, I worked at Target. I worked at Target for about three years. Um, I worked, I started as, I was hired for electronics, worked in produce 
or market as they call it, then switch to hard lines, then back to electronics, then soft lines, then back to hard lines, then back to electronics. Eventually quit that because of a lot of reasons, which we can definitely get into on this episode. Um, I then worked at Sprint uh, for about a year and a half selling phones and, and phone plans. Um, I actually didn't mind that job. I liked it, but um, just the schedule didn't really work out that well with my school schedule, uh, which was the main reason that I left. I took a serving job, worked in a restaurant for about three months, got fired, uh, <laughs> went to GNC and sold supplements for about a year. Um, and then I took after that a for about two weeks, I was hired to be an assistant manager slash personal trainer for Anytime Fitness. And then I got my current job offer, which is I currently work as an admission counselor at a private university. All right. Jeez. So we could deep dive in on any of those if you want. Mine's actually going to be a really long list, too, and it's just going to be spewing out most. But I might just kind of talk shit as I go, depending on how I feel about the specific job. Um, But what was your favorite of the jobs that you mentioned? Tell us why. I think the easy answer is my job right now. I love my job. Um, So, okay, let me rephrase, right? So like I was, my initial topic, right, is high school slash college jobs. I know that you are technically, actually technically not. Technically not in college. I finished my master's. Let's let's say from undergrad and before, what was your favorite job? I would say my favorite job. I can answer this two ways. I can tell you my favorite job and the job I like the most because those are both different answers. My favorite job was GNC by far. Um, not only did I obviously get a discount on supplements and learn a lot about the, the fitness industry, um, I got to work with a lot of pharmaceutical reps. I, I made a lot of really good friends when I worked there. Um, but it was also probably the most flexible job there. Uh, I worked my way in this like up store, not really like company leadership, but store leadership fairly quickly. Um, very quickly, I was entrusted with a few responsibilities that uh, were really cool to me, being able to like make schedules, have input on uh, like store layout, stuff like that. It was all great. Plus we were in a mall. It was a, like a mall location, so it was small and we never were super high traffic. So when I actually did get customers, it was really easy to actually work with them towards their goals, which was cool, um, as opposed to just, um, you know, talking to them and being like, all right, here's the most expensive product we have Buy this. So I make the most money. Um, and then the job that I, my, I liked the most was my sprint job because I made the most money working there. And again, it was just a super flexible work environment where, um, we were really pushed to do like, we don't do a lot of outside selling. Obviously it's a store, it's a storefront. People are coming in and doing that. So there was a lot of downtime there. The, the, the friends that I made when I worked there were, were pretty good friends of mine. Um, we had a lot of fun working in that store and I made pretty much the same amount of money as I do now. So as a college student, being able to make, you know, fairly decent money on what was technically a part-time job. I never worked more than 35 hours a week. There was, you know, was really good. Yeah, that's fair. And I think you hit on one of the good points too that I I definitely have to highlight throughout and I will throughout my conversation on the jobs that I had. But like the biggest thing that I have to say is like, um, and this is a whole different topic that I actually have planned for a different time, but like I didn't do high school athletics, Mm. uh, mostly just because I was fucking tiny and I never would have started on any team ever. But uh, on top of that, like that was part of my decision too, was like, do I want to work or do I want to try to do some of these athletics? And I ended up going the working route. And uh, like I said, that's a different conversation, but uh, because of that, I ended up making just an absolutely metric shit ton of friends when I was a lot younger. 
Uh, and some of those guys throughout some of those younger jobs that I had, I definitely still keep in touch with today. So I think they're like, just from a, an experience and like a social outlook, I had a, a ton of just value in just being employed by meeting a lot of those guys, especially because I lived in a college town. Like I grew up in a college town. So I had a lot of, you know, um, there was a ton of young people that literally just worked everywhere. It didn't matter really where you worked. There's a lot of college students and high school students for the most part working. So it was people like my age or nearly my age that I could uh, pal around with. And I made a lot of good friends that way, especially since I didn't really like my high school. So uh, yeah, that'll definitely do it too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, before I start on my list, I need to throw a quick shout out to uncle Kyle. Uh, I always say that, right. It is uncle or is it cousin? Yeah. yeah, I always fuck that up. Okay. Uncle Kyle. All right. He shipped me out some fucking Tasty Tacos hot sauce, rapido fucking fast. I threw a shout out to you on Twitter, but you probably don't have Twitter. Maybe you do. I don't know. But either way, we don't follow each other on Twitter. So I tried to shout you out on that. Uh, but thanks again, a ton, man. Like you got that shit out to us and we actually just ate it tonight with dinner. So huge props for that. Uh, but going on to my list. So <clears throat> technically, if you wanted to count it, I had... Um, a paper route so if you really wanted to like say that was my first job like you could i guess but uh you know we were just kids and it wasn't even enough yeah, to like, be taxable i don't, so I don't gonna, know if that counts it was more of like a chore i guess if you really yeah. want to get it which was fine like it was in my neighborhood and honestly it was a it was a work ethic building experience at a young age so i had no problem um i think it was it's a valuable thing for people to do because you can start having a paper route when you're like fucking 10 or at least yeah. you could in my town so very few, very few rules when it comes to that kind of that kind of work. I guess people don't really get the paper anymore, so I can't really advise people to go get a paper route. But um, yeah, I'm not <laughs> fair enough, man. I didn't know your handle anyway, so I couldn't shout you out. But um, anyway, so the first real job that I had, I got in ninth grade. Uh, me and my buddy Austin went to the local grocery store, which was Fairway, and we both put in applications at the same time. And uh, it turns out, like, sorry, sorry, bud, uh, I got hired. He didn't. <clears throat> Uh, and it was it was kind of one of those things that I'd almost forgotten about it. I put the application in there, uh, and then I still was looking for a job because I wanted to buy a moped when I was 14. Uh, so I was trying to like raise money for that because I think when I got hired, I had just turned 14, or like I had been 14 for maybe like a month or two, and I was just trying to like have the money to like you know have gas for my moped and shit. Uh, and so anyway, <clears throat> uh, I forgot I put the application in, kind of forgot about it, and then I, I was looking at other places. And I can't remember where else I was applying, but it was all just you know like bullshit jobs and finally i got the call back from them and they're like hey you still looking for a job and i was like hell yeah well at the time like i don't know if anybody knows anything about fry or uh, fairway probably not because um most people it's a regional thing like it's mostly in iowa there are some stores in like uh minnesota i think in nebraska and shit like that but for the most part it's in iowa uh it all started in boone fun fact anyway so i had hair down to like my shoulders when i got the call for the interview uh, and at Fairway, you can't have hair that touches your ears. <laughs> so I immediately had to go and, or I couldn't touch your collar of your shirt. Maybe it wasn't the ears. Maybe that's a military thing. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it couldn't touch your collar. And so I had to go get a haircut before my interview. And like I said, I had long, luscious locks. And if I can never find the picture again, I'll just post it on Twitter. But um, I went and got my haircut and it was like a great clips haircut when I went from like 12 inches of hair down to like four and obviously that's never going to look good when you get a great clips haircut. No offense to, I've had some friends that over the years that have worked there and have done decent haircuts, but mine was most definitely not. It looked absolutely fucking horrible, but it met the fucking regulations. So I went and got a fucking interview with these guys. Uh, They hired me and they asked me if I remember right, they had me like start on the spot and I had to start watching like those terrible, terrible, like 1990s training videos. Those are the worst. I had to do those at, 
Um, we didn't have to do those at Target, but we did have like training modules that we had to do. Yeah. But at fucking McDonald's, man, we literally, it was the same shit. It's like you filmed this in 1990 on yep. fucking like Super 8 tape. Like, they're it's fucking just, the, just, they're awkward and just so terrible. I also I've had a like, few different jobs that had those, but it didn't work because it's like training you on a register that has been out of service for 20 some years. So like you, it trains yeah. you on that, and then you go to the actual register, and you're like, oh, it's a touch screen actual <laughs> thing that I'm ringing people up on, as opposed to hitting cheeseburger oh my God, minus chicken. Dude, like, how do they even show you a training video for a trucking company? Is it literally just like drive forward, drive backwards, unload gear, load gear? I don't fucking know. Like that has to be fucking brutal. Here's how you shift. Here's how you use your brakes. Right. Like, here's well, I mean, I, the assumption I would guess is that you already know how to drive the truck, right? Like, because you go through like. A licensing process to be able to drive a semi so that's anyway maybe that was at school that he's talking about either way so i go through these fucking bullshit training videos and then i uh started working there and i ended up working there every single year that i was in high school so ninth through 12th grade i worked at fairway and oh yeah that makes sense so i spent a lot of time there and uh met a ton a ton a ton a ton of good people there i still not as much so as uh, back when I was still in the local area there, but I still have some friends that like I'll keep casually in touch with from there. And that's like, you're talking about seriously when I was 14 years old till now. So it's been, you know, over a decade and I still keep in touch with some of those guys. So uh, a lot of good friends were made at that job. And honestly, like it's funny cause I kind of took it for granted at the time. It was like, I was just kind of like a, a stupid kid, I guess, but it was a very, very easy job. They took care of us, paid pretty well. Uh, they did 401k options, I think, for like every single fucking employee. So like, even though I was 14, well, I don't, I think that started later in my my time there. But I ended up spending a full, uh, a full fucking almost four years there. So uh, a lot of good memories there. Uh, good job, love Fairway. They finally did modernize, by the way, like three years after I stopped working there. Now probably, oh, fuck, it was way longer than that. It, they've modernized way after i stopped working there like a and decade after let's be real it, here i mean for real though it, yeah i mean that's probably more realistic honestly more closer to a decade and they made it so when i worked there you had to you kind of looked like a fucking uh, jehovah's witness uh like pedaling your bike up to somebody's fucking house because you had to wear a white shirt with black pants black shoes and a fucking tie with like a little stupid fucking plastic name tag that sat in your like like your trapper or your fucking uh what do they call those things the uh, like pocket protectors. pocket protectors yeah it, like looked like that was sticking out of your pocket uh but anyway they modernized now and it's like no tie polo and then yeah. just like some slack so they look a little bit fucking nicer now like a little bit more modern that sounds uh, a lot funny. like the uh like the jewel osco's out here i remember like they, oh, sure. yeah, they yeah. like everybody had to wear like collared shirts and everything and i think it's the same now like they have to wear polos but it's not as, you know, suit, not as black tie as it was a few years ago. Yeah, it was definitely like a fucking way old school mentality of like the grocery, like the, you know, the hometown small grocery store mentality. But I love that place. Love the workers. I ended up leaving that job to go work my next job, which was Lost Island Water Park. Uh, and then I spent all of my college years working there in the summers. And then I fluctuated a lot in my jobs in between there, uh, in between summers at Lost Island. But uh, Lost Island... I did some thinking about this before we started the episode and I think it was by far my favorite job I've ever had because uh, this is another place where I, I met some lifelong friends. I would say uh, I had an absolute blast out there. We could work as much or really kind of as little as you wanted because people were always wanting shifts. So you, like you said with GNC, it was super flexible. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I just had a lot of, it was all outdoors. So you'd spend your summers outdoors, not cooped up inside the grocery store. Like I had been doing prior to that. Uh, and I liked being at the water park. Plus I got free admission to the water park when I wasn't working. So even when I wasn't working, I was there, which meant I literally spent every day of my summer there. Right. And we had tons and tons of like fun, super fucking fun parties. Cause I started when I was 17 there. Uh, cause I just graduated high school going into that summer, like my freshman year of college. So I graduated high school when I was 17, started out there and I ended up with like, you know, you have people that are like closer to their senior year in college, uh, still working out there too. So Andrew, age range is like from a lifeguard perspective, like we said, had some high schoolers, but it was mostly college students. So like I was probably one of the youngest ones on the crew that first year, mm-hmm. uh, like all the way up to people that were like 24, 25, but we all ended up palling around together and like we'd have like house parties and that was just, it was a ton of fucking fun. And I'll always look back on that place with some really fond memories. The family that owned the place was fucking absolutely awesome. It was just a great experience to work there. Um, and then from there, uh, you talk about the in-between jobs for me. So I started, I had a, one of my best friend in high school worked at a bar uh, downtown in my hometown and got me a job at the door there. So one summer or one uh, off season from the summer, I worked the door uh, and then I stayed there for a little while into the school year because I ended up working my way up to bar back and then eventually bartender. So that was my first bartending job. Spent a little bit of time there uh, working. Uh, that was a fun place to work uh, because it was just like a constant college party atmosphere, even though you couldn't really partake, which kind of sucks. You had some FOMO there, but it was a lot of fun just interacting with that crowd. Another place, met some lifelong friends, 100%. Still talk to a lot of those guys. Uh, you actually played with my buddy Blake, uh, who I met there bartending. Yeah. He plays Call of Duty with me still, uh, and so we keep in touch. <clears throat> so good friends from there. Uh, and then I got sick of some things, plus I was a drunken uh, idiot back in my college days. Spent a lot of time partying, did a lot of stupid shit, and I kind of burnt my bridges with some people there, and I also was just kind of sick of it. So I ended up leaving that place and going to a different bartending job at this fucking bougie restaurant. And by far, that was my least fucking favorite job that I've ever had. Uh, I ended up only working there, I think for like maybe two months because I got hired on as a bartender there, but then they wanted me to be a server and shit too. And like, it was just a fucking miserable experience. I hated the place. I hated the crowd. We're in a fucking college town. And these people like think they're fucking rich, stick their nose up at you and tell you, you know, like you're beneath them kind of people. I just got so sick of that fucking place. I won't even call them out by name because I don't want to be an asshole, but fuck that place. And maybe somebody will know what I'm talking about and they can go tell them to fuck themselves too. However, they did have amazing food. And so I did go back after I quit that place and ate there a couple times, despite my aggression towards them. I've but- eaten at the <laughs> restaurant that I got fired from. I don't know how many times since I, since I got fired. Yeah, dude, it was anyway, that, that job sucked. So, I, and after that, I ended up going and working at a hotel, uh, bartending there. Cause it was a little bit more casual for me. They closed way earlier than the bars I had been working at. So like the bar technically for the schedule closed at like 10 30, or something like that, but you could stay open in the hotel longer if you wanted to. Um, if you wanted to, like, if you had a good crowd, you wanted to keep making money. But I was a college student that wanted to go and party with my friends, so I almost always close at ten thirty, which is hilarious because one time, like, it's posted all over the place that the bar closes at ten thirty, and it was a weekend of college football, and there was like a visiting team in town playing the Panthers, and they, <clears throat> it was kind of known that there was like a little bit of a rivalry. Honestly, I can't even remember what the team was, but they were always a little rowdy when they came to town, and there was a ton of them staying at the hotel. And like a group of like 15 of them came like last minute down to the bar. So I ended up staying a little open a little late for them. Cause I like, we fed them and they had drinks for a little while. And then I think it was like 11 o'clock. So already a half an hour past close. And I was like, Hey guys, just, so you know, like I'm going to be closing up soon. So if you guys want to finish this round and cash out, I'll be uh, cleaning up 
uh, for you guys to kind of get out of here and you can uh, I said if you want to keep drinking you know like I could recommend some places for you guys to pop over to or whatever well they fucking start like bullshitting with me and they're like oh so like what are you gonna do you're gonna go party or whatever they're like are you a you know a college student here and I was like yeah I'm a student I'll probably go have some drinks with some friends and celebrate you know the UNI win which is you know just kind of like I guess throwing a little salt in their face because like our team beat theirs and maybe they're bitter about that I don't know but <clears throat> the next day I, I went out that night after I cleaned up after them. I didn't get out until closer to midnight. So I caught the last couple hours of the bars with my buddies. And then I come back into work the next day and my, <clears throat> it wasn't my boss, but it was like uh, one of the night managers came and found me when I came into work and they're like, Hey, just so you know, like a group last night filed a complaint about you. And I was like, Oh, what was the complaint? And they were like, Oh, they said that you said, and I quote, I just want to leave and go party with my friends. So I'm closing the bar early tonight. That was like their entire complaint. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Or I think they added on the end too. They're like, this guy sucks. Find a new bartender or some shit. And it was all just because I told them that I was like, going to go up. celebrate the UNI win. Yeah, dude. And it was, like I said, I stayed open. Like it ended up almost being like a full hour late for them. Cause they were finishing up their last drink while I was cleaning and shit too. So it was like, go fuck yourselves. You bitter motherfuckers. So the hotel kind of had like its own like negative connotation to it too. But on it, like as a whole, I pretty much always worked by myself there. So it was completely fine. I was literally just bartending by myself. I did some events. I made okay tips there. So nothing crazy. And I had, I still had some fun there. So <clears throat> that was an okay job. Uh, and then from there, I got to think of where, oh, from there, I ended up getting a seasonal job also at Target, but I worked for Target Distribution for just one seasonal position. Uh, that was fine from like a company perspective, but the job was fucking brutal. Like you just, I, my brother still, works for them we both started seasonally and he's been there now for years and i was miserable after one season dude it was like a ton of like yeah. it wasn't even the fact that it was like manual labor that bothered me <clears throat> it was the fact that you were by yourself the whole night you couldn't listen to music and so like it was like dead quiet while you're just sitting there quietly loading trailers to like the sound of machinery and like putting boxes on trailers just for fucking i think we were working 10 hour shifts at a time so it was just oh my god that it was you, it's like you fucking saw boxes in your sleep. Yeah, I, I I'm not to hijack yours here, but no, I've been talking forever. Have at it. Target was by far the worst job that I have ever had, and I I understand that it's not it's not representative of the company as a whole. And I know a lot of people who worked at Target and had a really good job. However, my store was the most politicky high school bullshit amongst adults that I have ever run into in my entire life. It was a group of managers who were all at each other's throats constantly because all of them wanted to be promoted to like a store manager or an assistant manager somewhere else. So they were all trying to one up each other. And I would get told six different things on, of what to do on the same day because I was so cross-trained. I was, I was probably the most cross-trained person in the store. I'm one of the only people that I know of um, from when I worked there that was trained in every single department. I was trained in the back room. I was trained in uh, loading and unloading the trucks. I was trained in electronics, hard lines, soft lines, which is the clothing. Hard lines is your basically everything that's not electronics. I was trained in electronics. I was trained in the market. Like I was a cashier trained. I knew how to do everything. So I was always being told different shit to do. And so I would do one thing and then piss five other people off because I wasn't doing the five other things that they wanted me to do all at the same time. And I also started there. I got hired in electronics season. I originally also like you, I got hired seasonally at first. Um, and then it was, it was like a month after I was hired. I'd gone through my whole electronics training and they 
offered me, you know, regular employment. I was not going to be a seasonal employee anymore. I was going to be a regular employee. And I worked there for, you know, I finished my training. I had maybe three or four shifts on electronics and they're like, Hey, we're super, super understaffed in market. We only have one guy who closes the market. We need some help over there. I was like, I really don't want to. It's the, it's, it is by far the worst section in the entire store because of how small a lot of the shit is and you have to face it every single night. Oh, dude, tell me about it. I worked at the grocery store. Yeah, facing is like it's a huge thing. Facing in every other department was fine. It's not that bad, especially like hard lines, like electronics. Doesn't know what that means, by the way. Facing is literally just bringing everything to the front of the shelf just to make everything look nice. So like when customers come in, they don't see a bunch of empty shit. Yep. Or like pushback shit and it's not messy. So you literally just fucking walk from shelf to shelf to shelf to shelf, shifting things to the front and it is so boring and so i don't know if your store was the same that target was but target was very very clear that not only did we have to face everything and pull it to the front but we also had to constantly we had to rotate based off of expiration date yep so we always had so we always had to we had to look at everything and make sure we have the expiration dates in order because they would do random checks. We'd be, I'd be like halfway through my aisles and they'd be like, hey, back in candy, I found one thing that wasn't perfectly done. Go redo the whole aisle and every aisle that you just spent two hours doing. So my closing, I would start my closing facing at like seven o'clock and we close at 10 and it took me the three hours to do anytime I worked market and I, I hated it. I hated it so much. I stopped picking up market shifts. They would like drop, like people would have open shifts and I wouldn't pick them up. And they're like, why aren't you picking up marking shifts? I'm like, because it's the worst fucking shift in the entire store. Ours wasn't that bad from like a checking standpoint. The big thing for them is like when you were loading, like uh, they call it, they just call it truck, like a truck shift. Mm -hmm. If I remember, I can't remember specifically, but it was like always a 5 a.m. shift where you'd come and load. Yeah. You know, you'd unload the truck and uh, fill up the shelves and everything. And then that was when they really cared about the rotating. So I don't know that we ever really got like, you know, ultra eyes on the dates after the fact it was so it was so bad and honest obviously market's the only shift that 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 really affects like yeah yeah, there's there's you there's not expiring clothes there's not expiring toys you're not running out of a tv doesn't expire on electronics like it's literally only market so your market closing has to start so early and it inevitably gets fucked by the the people who are still doing their grocery shopping because you have to start so early to get it done, especially in yeah. our target. It was like 20 aisles. It was like 28 aisles that I have to do every single night. So that was fucking terrible. And then, like I said, just the politicky bullshit. Like I had so many days where I showed up to work a specific shift and then just got moved to a different department. So like I'm, I was hired to do electronics. I wanted to do electronics. I knew what I was doing in electronics. I knew more than pretty much everybody there about every piece of electronics that we had from the cell phones that weren't even technically sold by us. They were sold by a third party company to the TVs, to game systems, to even just the random toys. Like I knew what was popular and other people didn't. So if people would ask for stuff, I knew if we had it in stock or not without even really having to look it up. So just like all of that, it started that I was working there part, very part time, like 15, 20 hours a week just to make some extra money. Um, and then when I was still working there in college, it was very much like this became more of a full-time thing to try and make more money to pay for college. And it got to the point where I was up to like 35, 40 hours a week. And then it got to the point where right before I quit, I was getting like two shifts a week. Like I, I had pissed so many people off by listening to what my specific manager for that day told me to do. It got to the point where I was like, if I'm scheduled electronics, I'm working electronics. If you ask me to do something else, I'm not going to do it because I'm working when I'm scheduled to work. And if that's a problem, then I don't know what to tell you. 
So we I talked pers- about this a little bit before too, but yeah, I did a short stint at like a regular target later in my college life. Uh, and I got hired on to do produce, which I was completely fine with. Cause like my big thing is like when I'm working in a store like that, like in the service industry as a whole, like if I'm not bartending then I don't want to fucking deal with people. Yeah. Like people in like regular, like retail are just so fucking miserable to work with. And so uh, I was like completely fine with that. I was like, I'm going to load some like produce shelves, chop some fruit, whatever the fuck. And I can pretty much stay away from people. Well, they're like, Hey, we might put you in the meat department too. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Whatever. I can do that too. That's fine. But then literally, I think it was maybe my third week at the company or at like the regular store. They put me in for two eight hour shifts, literally just doing carts. All I was going to do was go to the parking lot and get carts out of the parking lot and bring them back in. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this isn't what I got hired for. And they're like, oh yeah, well we need you to do it. And I was like, um, what? And so I came in and I think I worked half a shift as a cart dude. And then I said, full fuck this and quit because it's not even that I think like that job is beneath me, but I was just like, literally go fuck yourself. Like, this is not what I got hired for. If you want a cart guy, go fucking hire a cart guy. This is not my fucking job. And so I got just super sick of that. Uh, Cause yeah, target dude, I don't, they find ways. It's kind of like Aldi. Like if you work at an Aldi where yeah. they just make you do literally everything. And that's kind of what target does. They're like, but at oh, least we're short like, on this. Somebody quit or somebody called in. You're doing it tonight. Aldi pays well. So like yeah, that's, that better. was yeah, that. And Aldi. that was another reason that I ultimately quit target is yeah. there. They started hiring people at like 13, 14, $15 an hour. And this is, oh, let's see. It was before I graduated college, so it was probably like 2015. Our store was hiring people at $15 an hour. Meanwhile, I'm making 9.25. I've gotten two like 30 cent raises yeah. the entire time that I've worked there, and I'm like, "You're hiring people at this amount. Can I get paid that amount?" And they said no, and that's when I was like, "Full fuck it! Like I don't care. You fire me, yeah. I'll quit. I don't like. I'm, I'm looking for another job." And luckily. I met my wife and her friends were the ones, her friend was the one that worked at Sprint and ultimately helped me get the job there, um, which was, it was substantially more money. It was like 13 something an hour plus commission. So it was a huge increase for me. But it was just like, when you like, when you get that devalued and that demotivated as an employee, ultimately nobody's to blame, but the, the leadership at the company. And like my store was just riddled with problems like that I haven't even brought up. Like I could probably do like, an entire episode on how shitty my experience was at target and all of like the bad weird shit that happened there. Like my manager yeah. had to be told to be in the store more. Like that should say everything that it needs to say. It's funny. Cause you, you brought it up too. And like, I saw a tweet about this the other day and it's, I think it's a really good point. You know, like a lot of the companies encourage you not to share your salary with other people. And they try to like threaten that if you do that, you can get in trouble. Fuck that. You a hundred percent can talk about your salary with yeah. other people. And that is how, like you you can use that to leverage yourself with the company. The company doesn't want you to do that because they don't want you to have that leverage against them. Which part of that problem, I had the same kind of situation as you where I was working at Fairway. Like I said, I loved the job, but my problem was I got hired when I was 14. So I was making, which at the time, minimum wage was whatever was before 725. I think it was like 560 or some fucking Mm. stupid shit. Anyway, so I got hired at that wage and shortly after 725 came into effect. So I didn't have to do that very long, but they, uh, a lot of the kids that I went to high school with, I shouldn't say a lot, but several kids that I went to high school with also ended up working there. And so when I eventually, like some of them got hired later than me, I remember there was a guy that I worked with who I was talking to him one day and he's like, Oh, I make, you know, whatever, just for example, like $8 an hour. Right. And I was making like seven twenty five still. And I'd been there like a whole year longer than him. 
And this was about the time that I was like, getting ready to take that job at Lost Island. And so like, I already knew that my Lost Island job was going to be probably just barely over minimum wage that first year. But I also knew that I was going to get way more hours out right. there. And so I didn't really care, but I at least tried to leverage that with the guys at Fairway because they go, oh, well, what will it take to keep you here? And I was like, give me $10 an hour. And they kind of just laughed in my face. Not like really, like they liked me. We got along really well with my management and everything like that. But he ended up saying like, oh, we'll give you like $8 an hour, like, like I said, for an example. And it was still like not even going to match or it was going to be like the same as the guys that had been hired a year after me. And I was like, nope, you lost me, man. Like, see you later. And I was, yeah. like I said, I was 17 at the time. So like, I probably could have, like, if I was a little bit smarter and, like, more experienced in the workforce, I might have been able to leverage for myself a little bit better and negotiate with them. But I basically was like, oh, that's what you're going to offer? Okay, bye. Yeah, that's one thing I do give myself credit for. I, I've <clears throat> negotiated my pay um, multiple times now, and it's it's definitely a, a skill that you can learn. Like, that you, you it's should. a skill. You should it's learn. Negotiate, yeah. Negotiation in and of itself is a skill, but negotiating a salary, if you do it well, it's it's very, very, very very good to have that skill it's really important for you to have what you should do before you go to a job is you should get some idea of like comparable salaries for people with your level of experience working in that field and then that should be what you're expecting to get paid and if you come into the interview or hiring process with a number in mind uh, especially one that can be backed up by you know empirical evidence of like people around you that are in the same field and the same experience level like i said uh then it's going to help you a lot to not uh, to you know get that salary because if you don't if you don't try to fight for yourself to get that, they're going to pitch out some lowball number that they are. They probably expect you to argue against. Mm-hmm. But if you pitch out some lowball number and they're they're you, you know if you don't haven't done your research and you're just like, yep, sure, that sounds good. That's a huge fucking win for them. They're like, hell yeah, brother. Well, and that's another reason why you should. I think people should. I'm just hijacking your topic here. Um, I'll let you get back to it real quick and finish up. But um, it's another reason why I think people should try and apply for multiple jobs at the same time, even if you have like your dream opportunity that you get called for an interview with. If you're looking at other jobs, a big reason why I make what I make now is I was able to, I had multiple job interviews and had gotten multiple job offers and was able to come to my current employer and say, look, I have job offers that are in this range. I know you're not going to come up to that range, but how close to this range can you get? And that was able to bump me up. And I was making more than a couple of my coworkers who had been there longer simply because I knew how to negotiate my job pay. And I knew what I, I knew what my time was worth. And what yep. I felt my time was worth. And I wasn't going to take less than that. Yeah. You, like I said, you have to fight for yourself. Nobody else is going to. So uh, a lot can be, you know, said for people that are, that will, are willing to do the research and figure that shit out ahead of time. But yeah, definitely apply for multiple jobs for sure too. Uh, it's funny too. And I can probably just call this company out by name, but uh, I've had this happen to me twice now where I had interviews with a company or like I was doing like interviewing for multiple jobs. Uh, one of them specifically while I was in, I was working a, a really low paying job for a nonprofit uh, right after college. And I was like, I need a second job because this isn't enough money. And so I went and applied for O'Reilly Auto Parts just to like literally deliver parts. Like that's all I was gonna do yeah. is just drive one of them little fucking O'Reilly white trucks around and deliver parts. And I had an interview, they did some testing, like some memorization like style test. I don't know, it was kind of fucking stupid for the job that I was gonna do. But anyway, uh, I had to do some testing with those guys. And then the guy was like, Hey, you're hired. Like we're going to start you in like two weeks or something like that. Um, or like starting next week. I can't remember what the fuck he said, but he's like, I'll give you a call tomorrow with your start date and everything like that. And you can come back in, uh, on that date and we'll get you started. Like, all right, sweet. So I go back to work at my other job and the next day comes by, don't get a phone call. Next day comes by, don't get a phone call. 
And then the job that I was working at, it was part-time at this nonprofit. They offered me a full-time position. And I was like, sure, I'll take it. Uh, because I hadn't heard back from O'Reilly. And then literally uh, I called the guy and left him a voicemail just to like be courteous. And I was like, hey man, uh, cause he didn't answer it. I was like, hey, I just got offered a full-time position at my job. I'm not gonna be uh, accepting that position anymore. Uh, and I haven't heard back from you. So I'm just gonna uh, go ahead and press this other job. And then the dude calls me back like an hour later and goes, dude, fuck. He's like, are you sure? You sure you don't wanna take this job? I completely forgot to call you. We were expecting you to start next week. Like, holy shit. Like I totally didn't even think about it. And like, I'm so sorry. I forgot. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you're so unprofessional that you just literally forgot that you gave somebody a job and you didn't give them a start date. Like oh, now man. I definitely don't want to come work. For yeah. You. At that point, like that's just a clear sign not to work there, which it turns out that like that might've been a, a good sign to not work there, but I also definitely shouldn't have been working at the nonprofit either because it was kind of a fucking, it was a mess. Uh, but anyway, so I'll go back and just tell the rest of my couple really quick and then we can move on to your topic. Cause we've already eaten up a ton of time here, but uh, I ended up after the hotel gig, I got a, the target distribution gig. And then my buddy hooked me up with a job at this warehouse that he was working full of like ex convicts and shit. It was an absolute dog shit job. Uh, it was a union position though, which was kind of cool, except for the fact that you have to be there 90 days to get uh, indoctrinated into the union or whatever. And they fired me on the 89th day. It's the only job I've ever been fired for. And it was over complete bullshit. I think they just didn't want me to become a part of the union story for a different time. Anyway. Um, so uh, from there uh, is when I like, had like a mid college crisis and didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. So I started looking at other schools, potentially going down to Texas. Um, I spent a little time down there. I was staying with my aunt just while I was trying to figure things out. And I was checking out some schools down there and everything, uh, which is when I did that little stint at the target store down in Texas. Fuck that place. Uh, and then after that, I ended up going to, Oh fuck. What did I do when I came back? I did another summer at lost Island when I came back. Oh, and then my buddy who had just graduated college, uh, which was pretty legit. He had just graduated college and decided that he wanted to go. Uh, he was starting a business. And so he opened a pizza restaurant. Shout out to Chad's Pizza. Excellent pizza in Cedar Falls. Uh, go out there, uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa. Go out there, pick up some food. Uh, he has a great business out there. And he's a good dude. Um, uh, there's that like age old adage though, that you shouldn't hire friends like when you're going to open a company. And it's funny because he hired like exclusively his friends. Uh, and so there was all of us and we all got along super well at first, everything was going great. And then we, some of us kind of like had falling outs like throughout and everything like that. But like, I still appreciated the fact that he gave me a good, uh, a good job that was helping me get through my senior year, uh, without having to take student loans or anything. So I did that. And then I had my internship, uh, with that nonprofit and I ended up working it for them afterwards, but that's about it. But yeah, definitely favorite job, Lost Island Water Park had an absolutely fucking amazing experience there. Least favorite, um, probably the warehouse actually, honestly, I didn't hate the work, but I don't know. Hard to say. There was I, I worked mostly good jobs. So Yeah, I do th- between I, that bougie ass fucking restaurant and that warehouse. Terrible jobs. Yeah, I think I as I said, you know, Target's by far the worst for me. I like the serving job the way again, the way I got let go from that company was not it was not good. I could do a whole episode on all of the problems with that epi- like that company as well. Like our manager was super sexist. He was very like known for making very inappropriate, very crude comments. He'd been let go from the company once before and then brought back to the company because the sales suffered so bad when he wasn't there, which the only reason the sales were good is because he literally scared everybody. Like everybody thought their job was on the line every second of every day, which is not a good way to run a business. Um, And yeah, it was just super shitty, but that was a really good topic, man. That was, that was really fun to reminisce for a second, even about all the bullshit. but yeah, the reason I bring it that I brought that topic up specifically is because I, I honestly like I can't value enough the experience I had at my younger young age employment 
uh, from a, just like teaching you worth that work ethic, making yeah. friends, having some money in your pocket, being able to be a little bit more financially independent, just all around great experience. So yeah, we can regale in some of those, those fun ones. All right, so let's hop into my topic. Um, I think it's it's a little bit of an interesting topic and one that we've we've kind of talked about it before. We've talked about the premise of it before anyway, um, and it has to do with the stock market. Have you been following any of the stuff that's going on with the AMC stock today? Uh, yeah, I watched it a little bit this morning. So what is your thought process? And when this is something that we've seen happen before, um, previously it was individual institutions, but how, what's your thoughts on like the New York Stock Exchange or these stock trading, you know, organizations or enterprises, whatever you want to call them, who have the ability to just stop trade, like stop trades on a specific stock because they deem it to be volatile. Ooh, that's a good point. Uh, I think, so like, again, too, like I'm not like some, first of all, not a financial advisor, uh, but also on that note, uh, I don't have a long history of investing. And I think um, in my limited experience, I think, you know, like the stop trades are, have been around for a very long time. So it's not just like your Robin hoods or other companies that uh, of recent, you know, more modern age that have uh, implemented that. Like it's always been like, there's like a 15 minute freeze or whatever the fuck. I can't actually remember exactly what it is. Maybe you have some mm-hmm. stuff pulled up, but uh, you know, they'll freeze if there's like a just instant, like massive drop in something or like a crazy increase that can freeze it. And so I don't, I don't have too much of an opinion on that just because I think it's been as a part of the institution for a very long time. What I do have a problem with is companies like Robinhood and obviously they're not the only ones. I think TD Ameritrade did it too, but there were several different uh, stock trading organizations that during the GameStop specifically and a little bit into the AMC, I think as well, uh, literally just didn't want to eat the losses. I'm pretty sure that's pretty universally agreed upon that it wasn't them like abiding by the rules of the stock exchange. They were just right. straight up fucking corrupt. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know yeah. how better to, to state that. And they were stopping people from trading those stocks because they didn't want to fucking lose a shitload of money, which they absolutely were going to did do. But you know, like most people don't sympathize with a fucking corporation. Like, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Like the, the, the man won, right. In this case, or, you know, the people won. And uh, you know, like I said, specifically within ca- the case of Robinhood, who like their whole pitch, right, is to like bring trading to everybody. Yeah, like, it's, that is it's their thing. in the name of like the you know the story of Robinhood who <clears throat> stole from the rich and gave to the poor. Like that's you know the premise of the company. And then we see this company. I whether you know you can say it's you know due to the, due to their own greed, but let's be real here. We not financial advisors, pure speculation here. It's very clear that what likely happened not accusing anything but my my uh my view on what happened was is they were very clearly getting pressure from these high profile high investments who you know are funneling a ton of money into the organization it's very clear that there was likely some influence from these parties and that's the reason for this you know the halt that happened on gamestop in the past and you know the the stock exchange as a whole halting amc if the reason for halting is volatility, the vol- the market in and of itself is extremely volatile. Like again, too, it's like like I said, I don't have a massive problem with the fact of like trade halting because of some sort of massive volatility because that's been around for a very long time. It's not right. like the fifteen minute pause that bothers me. It's like Robinhood trying to pretend like their servers are crashing because of too many people trading on them, and maybe there is a partial truth to that. But I think buried within that partial truth is a lot of fucking bullshit. Where they were like, people were like, I can't even access my app to sell this because I want to. And so yeah. literally people are just watching their fucking profits just tank 
during that, you know, kind of like a bounce back, I guess, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but like, you know, the, the second regression from GameStop after that massive peak that they had, people are like, fuck, I want to sell, I want to sell. And Robinhood's like, nope, you're holding it. Yep. And they, you know, like I said, there was a lot of different excuses there. Like, hey, I blame it on the servers or hey, uh, you know, um, something that halting or, you know, what, I don't give a fuck. Like, I, there's no way that there was 100% truth to the story they were trying to spin. I think they were most definitely trying to minimize the loss of, you know, some sort of major uh, corporation or trading entity or, you know, whatever, however you want to look at that, or the short sellers or uh, whatever. I don't, I don't fucking care. I think there was definitely some corruption hidden in there. And I don't even, I don't feel like you need to know that much about the market to have seen the writing on the wall there. Uh, and I think there is still some sort of a suit going on with Robin Hood. I don't know. But then the motherfucker goes in front of Congress and just blatantly lies too. And people are kind of just dissecting that entire fucking shenanigans that happened as well. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm on, I'm on the side of like, of the traders, man. Like I don't, we've talked about this before too. And again, not financial advisors, but like I wouldn't buy meme stocks. I'll never buy a meme stock. Like, I don't care if you believe in the company. Like I look at, like specifically at the beginning of 2020, when I was buying a lot of things, what I did was I would, I'd look at the, at where they were pre COVID and especially mm-hmm. pre like that massive rise in the market in late 2019. Yep. I looked right before that. And I was like, where were these companies at? Like, where were they sitting on average? Right. And I was like, if I could make a good profit buying now uh, compared to where they were pre COVID, then I'll buy the stock, especially if I believe in the company. Cause I usually only invest in something that I know uh, and believe in. Um, but you know, I would look back at some of those meme stocks and I was like, you know, GameStop, I don't believe in GameStop as a company. I think GameStop is trash. I fucking hate GameStop. Yeah. I think most gamers have hated GameStop for the last decade, at least. Yeah, it GameStop is on a, kept in business by 12-year-olds who don't know any better. Yeah, I mean, really, though, like parents, right? They're like, where do I buy these kids' video games? And before, like, the massive movement to digital games, like, you went to GameStop. And especially because you could buy the used games as opposed to going to like a superstore like Walmart or something like that. So GameStop was kind of your only option. That's not anymore. But yeah, fuck GameStop. Anyway, so I don't believe in the company. And so I wouldn't buy the stock, but I appreciate what people were doing. They're like, you know, fuck these different entities that are trying to say, screw the little guy. And they, they fucked them up and they just made this mass movement. And like GameStop, I think honestly, as a whole has nothing to do with it. And there's the guy on uh, Reddit. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, deep fucking value on Reddit uh, was the one that kind of like was the became the face of that movement. Mm-hmm. And he ended up testifying in front of Congress and everything like that. And he believes in the company. And if that's the if that's true, and I think it probably is based on you know his sentiment is that's good for you, man. Like I'm glad you made a good financial move based on something that you actually truly believed in. I just I'm not going to follow one of those ones that has become so internet popularized like without people ever actually looking at the company. Same thing with like Dogecoin and. All those other you know stocks like more power to you if you bought in definitely power to you like if you're making money on them fantastic for you i wouldn't do it uh but again fuck robin hood for telling those people that just because they're individual investors trying to do their own thing that they should like yield to the corporations like eat a dick man like fuck yeah. you we won we making money out here yeah i mean i i was very vocal about it like i i invested when in the meme stocks i've held my amc investment which thank god yeah, I good did for that. you yeah. um it, it's not a, again it's not a ton and that's what i've like when it comes to the meme investments like i've definitely used like a very 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 small portion of my my trading portfolio is these meme stocks and luckily it's worked out pretty well yeah um but like exactly what you're saying it's very much disheartening to see like the one comp like one of the few companies that was really like on the side of the people and see them like 
I don't think they ever really were. I think that was an image they tried to portray in order to get people solicited into trading with Robinhood as opposed to some of the other agencies. Uh, you know, but it clear it became very very clear that yeah. they were not that I, person. And and that's that's more so what I'm trying to say is like it's very much like they portrayed one image and then in the end it ultimately ended up them very clearly portraying another image on the the backside of things. But it's very disheartening to see that like for once people felt good about what they were doing. Like we, we've heard stories of people making life-changing amounts of money on these meme stocks. And it's entirely happened by screwing over people who, for lack of a better way of saying it, screw over the regular public every single day. These corporations fuck us over. They, they cause massive ripples, especially when you hear about organizations who they've, you know, made X amount of money and they don't pay any taxes on it because of loophole upon loophole upon loophole. And it's, you know, and that those costs get sent down to the middle and the lower class who then have to pay more taxes to make up for the fact that the rich aren't paying their portion of the taxes. So to see like the, the common man get screwed over and then constantly get screwed over again, like let's be fucking real here. Bill Gates ain't out here with his billion dollars billions upon billions of dollars investing in amc stock like what this is screwing over is the people like myself who bought into amc at what like seven dollars or whatever it was and now i can't i can't sell even if i wanted to just because it's it's skyrocketing it's changing x percent in x amount of minutes because that's what i think it was i think it jumped from like 50 to 60 bucks yeah i think it went like up 90 percent at some point in the yeah day-to-day. yeah so it went from like 50 to 60 bucks and that's when they that's when the stock exchange like it, it cuts that off but like what's stopping me from buying in at 60? Like if I think it's, if I think that's a good stock, what's stop? Like, why are you stopping me from buying in? Why, if you're doing, if you're not doing that, why are you not stopping people from buying penny stocks? Penny stocks can make or break people's entire investment portfolios, depending on how much money they put in there. If I put every, there's not that much volatility in penny stocks. Like typically it's not moving as much. So they're not going to halt a penny stock. They probably would halt a penny stock if it was some crazy fucking volatility. But if you think about like percentage wise, if I go from one cent to two cents, that's a hundred percent increase right there. That's so true. that, that increase alone shows more volatility than this stock does. Typically though, 90%. Like, that's a misnomer of like penny stocks, right? Like you're not right. going to see typically a penny stock going from one cent to two cent. You're going to see it go from 0.01000011333 to 0.01000133334. Right. You know what but, I mean? But my point is, is that does happen all the time that we see stocks, we see really you know, notable stocks jump around in volatility. Like when, and why is it only, why does this only happen when stocks increase? We've seen stocks decrease by nearly. That's not totally true. That's happened. That happens when they decrease as well. But it's, it's not as common. Like when, when stocks decrease and people lose money on stocks, like. I need to look up the rules because there is actually set rules that Wall Street will abide by. And it's, I can't remember exactly what they are, but. There are, but. Even so, if we're going to advertise this as a free thing or as like a thing that anybody can do at any time, why are there there limits on what can be done? Like I get you have to have limits. I totally get that. Again, not financial advisors. But when it comes to like, when it comes to the fact that if I want to make an investment, why is there something stopping me from doing that? Whether that's a good investment, whether that's a bad investment, that's ultimately my decision to make. And it shouldn't be on a stock exchange or a portfolio company to make that decision for me. Yeah, sorry, I'm just reading this right now. But um, so at a seven percent drop in any stock, 
they they're called circuit breakers according to what i'm reading right now so they'll like pop a circuit and you can't trade for a certain amount of time at 13 percent, there's another level and at 20 percent, the other level so and that's a 15 minute trade halt yeah that's what i thought yeah so i mean it, given it's not a huge halt but like Again, like I said, my what? problem isn't with trade halting. Like, I don't, I don't fucking care. Like, I get it. They don't want people to panic sell, uh, you know, like cause too much volatility in the market. Like, I don't care about that per se. My problem is the fact that Robinhood wasn't just doing that. It wasn't like a 15 minute trade halt. It was like they were suspending trading for GameStop for a, an extensive period of time because, like, it was getting out of hand. It was like, fuck you, it's getting out of hand. Like, I don't care if you do your 15 minute halts here and there just to make sure that, like, people aren't going crazy but like at the end of the day if somebody's gonna fucking launch a stock three thousand percent a day go fuck yourself they're gonna do it man yeah and, well and i think that's more my point than anything is like it shouldn't be on these like these brokerage brokerages shouldn't be able to make a decision on stopping a halt like that and essentially controlling my money like once my money's invested in that stock it should be i should have freedom to do what i want with that stock at any given time and I think that's where I have the issue is if I'm invested in AMC and I want to sell it and I, I'm stuck during that halt, that's a 15 minute halt. Say it drops 15, 20% during that time. I'm stuck. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm just screwed there. And if it's, you know, if that's when I make that decision that I want to get out, I should have the freedom to get out or get in whenever I want. If that's how you're going to advertise the market, if you're going to tell people to invest, if you're going to encourage people investing money into these organizations, they should fair, still Wall have Street control. Wall Street is not trying to get you to invest. They don't want people to invest. They Wall Street would much prefer that it was like their fucking institution of professionals right. that are investing. They don't like fucking day traders that are non-professional, like at home, you know, penny stock traders and shit like that. They don't like that. So it's not like they're encouraging you to do that and they have their set rules and they expect you to behave like gentlemen and like all this other, you know, like whatever you know like i'm just making shit up now but like i don't you know they like to live in their own world and they don't like people infringing on their world and that's what we are to them we're just a fucking pest in the world and then you know you're causing disruption to the markets that they're not prepared for so uh fuck wall street dude agreed <laughs> all right know, but I'm, I'm investing so i'll make some money yeah same here um so i'm ready to give this beer a score okay i'm gonna give it an eight one Eight. It is one. absolutely delicious. I would recommend anybody who likes like desserty, sweeter stouts to give this a try. Really good cinnamon, really good maple in here. It's delicious. Taste like the aftertaste of French toast, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Nice. Uh, I could probably rate mine um, while we're sitting here too. I'd probably give it like a six three. It is my first couple of drinks of it were like not that impressive. It was kind I know. Of I saw you like look at it and you were like. It was okay-ish, and then the more I drank it, I was like, all right, this isn't terrible. It's It tastes more like a, kind of like a porter to me than a stout, but not bad. I don't hate it. It's fine. Would I buy it again? Probably not, but it's okay. Uh, I'm going to hop into my second one here, and this is... Uh, I thought new... you were going to say your second topic. I was like, oh, shit, he's just going to fucking skip me. All right. <laughs> no, second beer, second beer. Um, second... This is the Bernie Milk Stout by Noon Whistle. Um, this is another local brewery, a more local brewery to me. It's located out of Lombard, Illinois. Um, but this is a, uh, it's obviously a milk stout and it's supposed to be hints of chocolate and barley, rich and complex, but not too filling and comes in at 5%. And I'm going to be really, uh, not bougie with this one, not poured into the glass. And I'm going to use Look my, you, you fancy, or you're I, I'm going to use my Yeti koozie oh, to, to drink that's, this That might be more bougie than a glass. It might be. Either. It honestly might be. 
the the koozie was more expensive than these glasses were to be fair to but be that's what i'm doing so let's hear your next topic kyle all right we'll roll into my second topic so the one that i want to talk about and i don't know how much of a contribution you'll be able to make to this one so we'll kind of have to f- see how you fit into this topic but really it's more for uh more of an opinion from me and that's i want to talk about going back to school so specifically like post-secondary education right after a significant break uh and the challenges that kind of comes with and um well, my opinion kind of as somebody that's going through it right now how that's affected my experience so far and kind of where um I, where i've make my recommendations for people um and it's funny because i had a lot of people early on in my current career that were telling me like hey man while you're at your earliest phases in this career, you should go back to school uh, as early as possible because you have a lot less responsibility now. And the longer you stay with us, the more responsibility you're going to get. It's going to get harder and harder to go back to school. Uh, and I didn't really listen to anybody, so I waited for quite a bit of time. And then eventually, um, it was, I'm going to think now about how long after. So I graduated college in 2015. So it was five years later. Um, so I took a five year break in school before I went back for now going towards my master's degree. And it has been um, interesting, fulfilling a little bit, but also crazy, crazy difficult to try to make this happen after such a hiatus in school. And the big thing is, is, um, and this is kind of more of a a secondary topic that I don't need to deep dive into either, but um, specifically going from a non-technical undergraduate degree. So my undergraduate degree was in criminology and now I'm going for a computer science master's, uh, which clearly doesn't jive. Uh, and those classes definitely don't match up at all. And so for me, I had to go through now a prerequisite spin-up program to try to get ready uh, to even qualify to start into the master's program, uh, which included some math. I had to take a discrete math class. And it was the first time I had done any official math in an academic place in a decade because uh, I haven't taken an official math class for like actual credit since high school, my senior year. Uh, Because I did a dual credit class for uh, statistics so that I wouldn't actually have to take something during my undergrad because criminology didn't require anything other than statistics. Um, And so it just presents a lot of challenges for somebody, especially, you know, like as I was okay at math in high school, but um, I didn't take high school incredibly seriously. Like I tried hard and like I did well, but it's not like I was, you know, destined for academia for the rest of my life. When I was in high school, I had no idea what the fuck I was going to do. I still don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I completely wanted to dodge STEM in college. And that was maybe one of my biggest mistakes, I think, uh, along with not trying to, you know, branch out of my hometown to go to college uh, other than my financial aspects. But again, those are kind of side topics that we don't really need to get into. The big thing is uh, my recommendation on this, and uh, we can kind of hear Jake's opinion on this too, is that I think if you can, uh, from a time standpoint and affordability standpoint and uh, everything else that goes into post-secondary education, as soon as you finish your undergraduate degree, if you know what you want to do or have a good semblance of an idea of like what you want to do with your life, I can't like recommend enough to just start. Like while you are still in school mode, uh, you're used to that kind of pacing of school. Uh, maybe you're already working full-time and going to school during like the last couple of years of your undergrad or whatever, however you get through, like at least you have some familiarity with, uh, you know, college academics and the way that 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 system works. And it's going to make that transition so much easier to go into your post-secondary or your master's degree or or whatever it is, even if it's just like a certificate or whatever the fuck you want to do. That being said, I know it's not always affordable and it can be difficult to try to do that. And you have to go get a job after your undergrad. Um, 
or maybe you never want to go back to post-secondary education. And if that's the case, maybe this is like more helpful for those that are going to high school and then taking a break before they go on to their undergraduate degree, or if they ever decide to do that. But the big thing is, is it's just, once you get out of that, you know, that, that tempo, that pace of being in school, it becomes very difficult, difficult when you get more and more adult responsibility in your personal life uh, and work responsibility and like, uh, you're married, for example, like, you know, having to have the family as well and working full time and going to school, it just gets harder and harder and harder and harder to go back. Uh, especially when you can't just like, like for me, like I can't do, it's not like I can do schoolwork while I'm at work. Right. So I have to come home and I have to prioritizing my time has become a lot more difficult. So like tonight I've got a bunch of homework I have to do, but instead I'm drinking beers and doing my podcast, you know, and it's like, to me, this is worth it for me because, you know, it's it's a thing that I, I enjoy doing and it's a good way to kind of blow off some steam or whatever, you know, and like have a good time during the week. So I, I'm not going to skip out on doing this because of that, but uh, it does create some additional pressures for me. And like I've taken this on as like an undertaking, you know, by choice, the podcast specifically. But then I also have my full time job that I work at. I have a wife that I like I want to I want to make time and like spend as much time as possible with her as well. And, you know, it's just it becomes my, my whole point is that it just gets, it gets more and more and more and more difficult over time to try to do that. And so trying to uh, now go back to school has been a, di- a very difficult transition for me and trying to make your priorities change where I didn't ever think that I wanted to go back to school. And the only reason I'm really going back to school is because I want more options in my future career uh, and trying to figure out what I'm going to do eventually. I still don't know, but I'm trying to open up some doors there and, now i'm like i'm just faced with a difficult decision constantly like every week is like while i'm in classes where i'm like fuck am i going to prioritize school or do i want to like take a break finally because i'm i've been stressed from work and i don't want to go straight into being stressed with school stuff so i need to like you know go hang out with uh with carly or like have a beer with some friends or whatever and it's just priorities are difficult and so my like i said my bottom line recommendation is if you can transition from like straight from high school to college or straight from undergrad to grad just do it while you're committed and used to the tempo. Uh, maybe that advice doesn't work for everybody, but I'm just kind of offering my own opinion on those challenges that I've had. And maybe that sways some people. No, I definitely do have to agree. I took a, a, a year and a half off from my undergrad to my graduate degree. And obviously that's not nowhere near the time frame that you took off or that many people take off. Um, but even in it, just a year and a half, like I went from, being full in the college swing, like doing the college thing to working and then having to get back into college mode was really hard. Like, especially with the under, with the graduate program that I chose, um, it was a paper every single week. So when you're not used to typing papers anymore, because you haven't done it for quite some time to getting into having to type a paper every single week on top of having to do discussion posts every single week, it's really a change and it takes a lot of effort not to just blow it off. Um, especially when you're so used to like just having control of your free time once you're off work, like having to put specific time towards your studies is really hard. And I know my coworkers went through a lot of the same things that you went through. Um, when it comes to, you know, you picked a career path later on, um, that you were interested in. So you start a graduate degree in that field and it's been X amount of years since you've been to school and it's the, it only gets harder to get back to if it's not something that you're already doing every day. So like if you're for your job writing like research reports and stuff like that, and you're constantly like already writing papers essentially for work, it's an easier transition. We aren't doing that. My, my coworkers and I, we're not writing papers. We're not writing like research articles or anything like that. 
So to go into a graduate program where you have to do that, it's definitely a really hard transition. So I, I often make a lot of the, the same recommendations to students that I work with. Um, like I said, I work at a college, so obviously maybe my opinion is a little bit skewed. Um, I do think, I think arguably graduate, um, graduate studies are more important than undergraduate studies. I think you can make more of a career jump with a, with a graduate degree than an undergraduate degree. Um, so I do recommend, you know, starting those as soon as you can, especially if you know the field that you're going into. And it also is important to consider the options that you have out there. So my employer, um, they covered part of my under or part of my graduate degree for working at the organization. And if you can find an employer who's going to do that, that's obviously a huge benefit, especially if it's something that you already want to do. Um, but it's also important to note that you don't need a college degree or a graduate degree to work and make a lot of money. If, if, if you find something that you love doing, you sure. know, college isn't for everybody. I, as a college counselor, I fully say that to a lot of my students, you know, they come in here telling me what they want to do with their, with their life. And I, I've straight up told kids that this is not the school for them and they would be better suited going somewhere else and doing something different. And people, it takes a lot of time to realize that. And if you have to take a gap year to do that, do that. But if you know what you want to do, just get into school, get going as soon as you can. Just knocking it out and getting it out of the way is a lot better than putting it off and waiting and waiting and waiting until you get to the point where you have too many, like Kyle saying, once you have a lot of responsibilities in your life, it just gets harder and harder to do. And it's never going to get easier and it's never going to be, there's never a better time to start than right now. So if you're going to start, just do it. And that goes like for college. That goes for if you have, you know, if you want to start investing, if you want to start losing weight, if you want to start gaining weight, if you want to start playing a sport, picking up a hobby, the best time to start was yesterday. And the next best time to start is right now. So just get up and do it. And yeah, I think that's- like I said, the big thing for me, man, is like when it comes back to like, especially if you've taken a gap is you need to know what your priorities are. Uh, which is why it actually becomes very difficult for for me as well, right? Like school is probably my lowest priority right now. Like between family, work, and then school, uh, I think without a doubt, I, school is probably the lowest of the three. And so it was it's difficult because I have a lot of shit, especially going on like right now. I have a lot going on uh, with family, friends, and work, and it makes it very difficult for me to go yep, I really want to sit down and do homework right now, or it's really worth my time to go sit down and do homework right now because like I almost dropped the class that I'm in right now just because like before it even started, I was always, I was already so stressed out between work and other things that were going on that I was like, how can I possibly add anything to my plate? Uh, well then I got a week into that first class and I was looking up like the drop dates and I found out that you could only drop up to like two days after the fucking class. So I was just kind of stuck with it at that point. And I was like, ah, well, fuck. So like, it's going fine now. And like, I'm kind of getting back into the swing of the tempo, but it's never even even that break I take between classes, right? Like from my fall semester to my like uh, my spring semester, or like if you're taking a class in between, like I am right now, it's like that. Even that short break was enough to get me out of school yep. mode completely into hang out with friends and work and family mode. And it's just so difficult to get yourself motivated every yep. single time, uh, which is especially difficult for me right now. Like I said, like I can only do one class at a time right now, just because my other obligations, there's no way I could do more. 
And so I know this is going to drag on for quite a few years of me getting this degree done. And it's just, it, it really, I do dread that a little bit in terms of like, I'm going to be stuck doing all of these responsibilities for the, for the extended period of time. So uh, uh, the big thing, like the kind of takeaway is, well, kind of two things, right? And like, I think you brought up a good point. And it's like, if you need to take a gap year between high school and college to figure your shit out, do that. And I think honestly, that would have been good for me because I ended up going to a school that was like very whatever to me. Like I didn't care about the school at all. I didn't really apply to a lot of schools. I didn't really look around and see what my options were. So I kind of just settled with what was close. And then I did a master or a, an undergraduate degree, a bachelor's degree in uh, something that I was like, yeah, this is kind of interesting. And I don't know what the fuck else I'm going to do with my life. So why not? And I didn't really explore. I mean, really it's, I should have done it as a high school senior or really younger in high school, tried to start figuring out like things that I might be interested in, like mm-hmm. paths that I could take and all that shit. And I think, I just got, I, uh, you know, put, put my future on the back burner for a very, very, very long time until it became last minute. And I was like, Oh, I'll do this because why not? Right. Uh, and I ended up wasting four years of my, my time, frankly, because I got the piece of paper and I have a bachelor's degree, but it was, I'm never going to use it. I know that I'm never going to use it, uh, which is fine in the career that I'm in now. Uh, and it doesn't really matter that much. Like sometimes when you have that piece of paper, people are like, all right, sweet. You have a degree, like cool. But at the end of the day, I, I kind of wasted that time when I could have been doing what I'm doing now, um, which is computer science. And I could have been a lot better at doing that going into this master's program. And I probably would have you know, been interested back then. And I just didn't know it yet. So maybe a gap year would have been good for me to figure that out and kind of get my shit together a little bit before I went into my a useless degree. But either way, going back is tough. And I think it's people you get forced in a, in a weird position as a young person in high school, like, you know, a pre 18 year old person or even like in your senior year, if you're turning 18, where really you're not, I don't think most people are ready to make some sort of a determination on the rest of your life. And I don't think that's any big secret, but you're put in a position where you kind of have to, Uh, Mm -hmm. you either have to make a decision on some sort of an employment uh, or you have to make a decision on going to school. Uh, And it's not necessarily easy to see that, that decision in the black and white. And so I think people need to look, you know, go and find somebody that you you think is going to give you good advice, like whether that's somebody at the school or parents, relatives, friends, family, it doesn't matter. Like find somebody that you're like, yeah, I can talk to this person, get some legitimate advice from to make this decision because um, I don't think enough people do that. I think people just kind of roll with the expectation of like, Hey, I'm supposed to go to college after high school. And then they do go get some bullshit degree that they're never going to use. And it's just, like I said, it's a waste of time. And I didn't thankfully leave high or uh, leave <clears throat> undergrad with a bunch of student loans, but a lot of people do. And like they leave with, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in loans for something that I don't even care about anymore. And I don't know, man, it's just, this has kind of gone into a different conversation, but the, the long story short of it is just like make an informed decision yep. and be ready to sort your priorities because it becomes more and more and more and more difficult the longer you wait. Yeah. It's, I mean, you, you said it perfectly there. Like just know what you're getting yourself into. Um, I have a degree that, I'll, I'll use it in the sense that I learned a lot of really good things from the degree that I got, but I will never work specifically in the field that my degree is designed for, which is, I think, a mistake that a lot of people make. Um, and ultimately, you know, there's plenty of options out there for students. If you are interested in going to college, but you don't know what you want to do, the institution that I work for and plenty of other institutions out there, you can take two years before picking a major. You can go to community college and knock out gen eds for two years before picking a major. It's very, 
it's a very open market when it comes to the college world now and students have a lot more control than they realize in the fields that they're interested in and i think it's on students to be very proactive in their college decision more so than ever um because the decisions that you make now impact you for years like i have student loans out the ass and i'm going to be paying on those for the next 15 years probably because I have 15 year loans. So I'm, there are like, it's, it, it sucks too. Um, and it, it ultimately comes down to just making educated decisions, uh, and, and understanding what your what situation you're putting yourself into and recognizing that back to your original point, if you are taking some time before going back to school, it is going to be a struggle to get back into the swing of things, but you have to be ready for that commitment, whether that's right out of high school, right out of your undergraduate degree, or 10 years down the road when you decide to go back to school. You just have to be willing to commit to what you're putting your time into and giving it the effort that it it. I don't want to say that it deserves, but that it requires. Yep. 100%, man. I, yeah. And like you said, like there's the, there's a lot of options out there. So, uh, reach out to somebody. And even like you said, like, you know, there's, there's people at, even at universities that are happy to help you, even if you don't end up going to their school that, that can give you some legitimate advice, maybe not everybody, but I'm sure you can kind of get a feeler for some, for, for the advice you're getting and make some decisions. So. We don't have a ton of time left, so we can wrap that topic there, but I think it's a good conversation worth having. So. Definitely. What do you got for your next topic, Jake? So I'm going to end it on a, a very, very light note, maybe a funny note to some people, but I want to know, Kyle, what are some of your guilty pleasures? What are some TV shows, movies, music choices oh, that you, I don't want to say that you're embarrassed to enjoy, but that people wouldn't, upon first meeting you or upon first getting to know you wouldn't expect oh, you to enjoy okay. It took me a second, but like after hearing your prompting on that one, it, I came up with probably the the biggest one for me. In a hundred and fifty percent, it's RuneScape. So I haven't played it now for months, but uh, after I um, the beginning of two thousand twenty, uh, I was really really busy and like traveling for work a lot, and so I just like my internet connection was usually spotty and shitty, and it turns out that that's like one of the few games that you can actually play with like a fucking terrible internet connection. And it's a game that I played a lot when I was in like uh, elementary school and middle school. And so just from like more of like a nostalgia purpose than anything, I started playing uh, that game again and uh, I loved it. I had like, a lot of fun doing it again. It was addictive. You know, I was just fucking around and playing with that game. And it's, it's kind of embarrassing because it's just fucking the max level of nerdy games and it's kind of just stupid and shitty. But that's uh, definitely a guilty pleasure of mine periodically. I wouldn't even say now, but I definitely played. I remember I was playing one time and I would always make sure I wasn't in discord when I was playing or like logged into steam because those apps will tell people what you're playing, like tell your friends. And like one time I forgot and I was like on discord, I think. And my buddy messaged me while I was playing and was like, bro, are you fucking playing runescape? And I was like, don't even worry about it. And just like exit out of discord, you know? So it was like, yeah, that's definitely one of them for me for sure. So I've got a ton of these, um, which is why I thought it was a, a funny topic to bring up. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I got off work today and it's been a long couple days back in the office. Um, and I just kind of threw on some music and I've got a couple playlists that are really random, I, I guess, for lack of a better term. I guess I've sh- I've learned a lot of my music taste recently from my wife. Um, so there's a lot of like very like young pop stars that are in my my rotation right now that I thoroughly enjoy their music. Um so people like Julia Michaels, 
Uh, she's very, very talented and a very good artist. Um, Tate McRae, who's kind of blown up out of nowhere recently. A lot of her stuff's in my rotation recently. I'm also a huge, I end up, I don't want to say a huge Taylor Swift fan, but the Taylor Swift songs that I enjoy, I'm a huge fan of. Um, so I, I guess that's a guilty pleasure for me. A lot of my music taste ends up being very opposite of what I kind of advertise myself as listening to. I listen to a lot of country music. I listen to a lot of pop punk. I listen to a lot of heavy music when I'm, especially when I'm in the gym. Um, recently I've been on like a huge pop punk kick. So like having little, you know, little artists like this that pop up out of nowhere into my rotation end up being kind of like a little guilty pleasure for me. I like to break up the monotony of what I listen to with sure. rubber, rubber band by Tate McRae. Um, and then also I'm a huge fan of like, very romantic drama e movies so movies like the notebook movies like safe haven God. a lot of like the nicholas sparks movies i That's love them. i don't know why I love that but i you. love them but that um, is so fucking funny and it, the strangest part is like i started watching all of these when i wasn't in a relationship like i was fully single watching the notebook and it's it's like the you opposite like crying of crying and having ice cream or what? yes yes pretty much i don't eat ice cream that much it was ice it was <laughs> crying and eating cookies but yes um ice cream is one of my guilty pleasures by the way too i it is i have a sweet tooth problem just in general but ice cream is definitely number one for me i could eat like a fucking entire gallon of ice cream in a sitting probably for me it's baked goods and i could eat an entire package of cookies regardless of how you think of package of cookies whether that's like an entire like thing of oreos or if you have like jewel osco's near you or the other brands that they're associated with like the bags of cookies that they make or if you go to costco they have like the the containers of cookies like i could eat all of those in one sitting and not feel bad about it which is why i got really fat at one point in my life um that's why i'm getting fat is fucking ice cream i swear to god that is peanut butter m&ms oh peanut butter m&ms guilty pleasure for sure another good one is and jake and i were laughing about this while he was here in town but like like the normal size bag of garden salsa sun chips which should be like a serving for like six people is literally a single serving for me and i think you too when you actually like yeah. get into it which is so funny because i think i was joking or like i i said it very seriously and jess thought i was joking while she was here she's like oh haha and then i destroyed an entire fucking bag of sun chips and she's like did you for real just eat that whole thing and i was like yeah i ate the yeah. whole fucking thing i wasn't no, kidding. It's, it's a it's, single serving it literally i've been so obviously like lost a bunch of weight i've been on a diet so i've been like having to limit myself on just what i eat just like watching what i eat a little bit more and I, I am eating a snack right now. I've been eating it over the course of like six or seven days in what used to be like exactly like that. Like it was a single serving. So like the garden salsa sun chips, um, the harvest cheddar sun chips are like that for me as well. The sweet and spicy chili Doritos and then the buffalo wing pretzel bites or uh, pretzel chips. I've been like partitioning. I've been like eating the actual really like serving this. size that's on the bag. Like that's <laughs> how like... I'm, I have to live it myself or I will eat the entire thing in one sitting. And it's, it's not even like, it's like I, I blink and I ate the whole thing type of ordeal. So I don't think I it's any big that. secret, but one of mine is definitely Harry Potter. I was a massive Harry Potter fan when I was younger, read every book. Like as soon as it came out, I was waiting for them to come out and read them. I, Carly still has probably some good videos of when I went to Universal Studios and got to see Harry Potter world. Cause I fucking geeked out. Like I was fucking four years old because I didn't really get to take vacations like that when I was a kid. And so like as an adult going there, it was probably even more valuable, honestly, than if you were young and couldn't remember it. Cause I fucking 
loved that place and i had a great time i had to buy a wand which is sitting at my desk because i'm a fucking nerd so i have one of those somewhere it might actually still be at my parents house but i also bought a wand when i was there yeah so i i totally I bought harry's wand geeked out there nice i didn't i didn't want to i wanted something that was like for me man me as a wizard nah i don't care uh, i'm not a, i'm not a wizard i'm not a special wizard I used to do like Potter more too, and like do the Potter like quizzes to find out like what house you were in. What house are you? Uh, it goes back and forth. So I've taken that quiz probably four times, and I think it's exactly fifty-fifty between Gryffindor and Ravenclaw. So I'm I've taken it like four times as well, and I'm always Gryffindor. Yeah, it, mine's a fifty-fifty. Do you remember what your um, I'm blanking on the prop. Your animal is like your Patronus. Yeah, I think it was a. It was interesting because I think I took it for the first time when I was way 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 younger. Uh, probably elementary school and i'm pretty sure i got a cat uh and when i was younger i hated cats which is funny because now i love cats so much that it's like maybe that fucking patronus man is buried deep this whole time you know what i mean so Uh, i i also got a cat i can't remember exactly what type of cat it is but it was really interesting because it was like the description was like you were it's a muscular cat but it's also like kind of a huge wimp at the same time and i'm like that kind of describes me well i got a uh it was a very specific breed of cat and i just can't remember what it was but i think i definitely i'm like 100 sure it's a cat i need to go on pottermore again and just do it uh just take the survey again i'll post the results to twitter because like i said it's always like changing for me between the two houses and then Mm. i'm pretty sure i always get a cat so i'll have to do that again i'll post the results on twitter after this yeah i like i said i've always gotten gryffindor but the cat was what threw me off because I'm not a cat person. I'm very allergic to cats, even though mm-hmm. I did not really ever react to your cats when I was there, it's except for the perfect. one time that Daisy dug her claws into my chest. Daisy, you don't even know my fucking cat's name. Shut up. <laughs> just completely off, just making names up. It's, it's Grace, by the way. It's okay. Yeah, I, Grace, she'll be offended. She can probably hear you. She's over there. Daisy is our friend Connor's cat. Shout out, Connor. Um, <laughs> I... I'm horrible with pet names. I call my own pets the wrong name very frequently. So Grace should not be offended by that. I can't call my own dogs the right name. Um, but yeah. Do your parents call your kids the wrong names? Yeah, all the time. Oh, God, dude. It's so all funny. The time. Like, it's funny because even when they're talking to me, they'll like say something about me, but it's really about my brothers. Yep. They'll be like, yeah, so Kyle's going to come over on Saturday or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, oh, my bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yep, right here so we we've also all got like for lack of a better term like offensive nicknames for each of us Mm. so i'm dumbass my middle brother is shithead and or no my youngest brother is shithead my middle brother is lazy fuck um Mm. so at least when they use those they normally get those right logan the middle brother or the youngest logan's my youngest brother okay um so normally yeah he he doesn't really he's not a huge game he plays games like by himself he's not a huge gamer so he doesn't like he's never in like discord with us he never plays the type of games that we have he doesn't have a computer he might have a laptop but he doesn't like play any of the games that we play um so you wouldn't have ever really met him but we'll get him on the like i said we're gonna try and do a uh at least have my brothers on i don't know about yours but my brothers uh, I bet one of them would do it. I, it would be hard to get both my brothers to do it at the same time. If they were both willing to, I'd have to talk to them. But yeah, it'd be a fun episode. Yeah, I know my brothers are willing to hop on, but yeah. Um, yeah, so when at least when they use those nicknames, they always get them right. But the number of times that I've been called Ethan or Logan is off the charts. Yeah. 
Um, uh, yeah. Another one for me. Um, I am a. It's I I have a hard time actually sorting myself into this category of like fandom just because I know that there are some like serious 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 fans out there that are way more intense than me. But I am what I would say is a pretty big Star Wars fan. Obviously, I have a Star Wars tattoo. Um, I really like Star Wars. Love the movies. Always had from a kid. Our family bought us the box set, and since there was three brothers, we each got one of the movies. Um, which which one is you funny get? because this is, an, this is an important. I got Return of the Jedi, which okay. is hilarious because like I'm the youngest brother, right? And it's which is funny because my brother called me one night. Uh, I can't remember. I think he was like out drinking with some friends or whatever, and he's like, "Hey, do you realize that?" you're the worst movie in every trilogy. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're the youngest brother. You know how you like got Return of the Jedi as a kid? And I was like, yeah. He's like, worst fucking one of the trilogy. He's like, think about it. And name any trilogy. You probably have the worst one if it has the youngest. And I was like, well, it holds in most arguments. And we went through a bunch of them at the time. And it was hilarious because a lot of them, the third movie was actually terrible. So yeah. um, good comp there. But I actually, when I was on a work trip, I read 13 Star Wars Legends books. Um, and I have a 14th that I started and I just have been too busy to get into it with school and everything like that, but I really love those. So that's kind of another guilty pleasure when I have the time. I was a huge star Wars person when I was younger and I am embarrassed to admit this, but I will admit this, that I have not seen a single star Wars of like the new generation of star Wars. There's some people that would probably chime in here and say that like you're not missing anything, but I'm not probably. one of those people. Uh, and I've had this argument with several people because I, I think a lot of like the true like what claim to be like the Star Wars fans, right? Talk a lot of shit about the the new age Star Wars movies and they're like, oh, they ruined Star Wars and all this other shit. And I just don't I don't agree, uh, and I can tell you why, which is uh, a majority from an aspect of I didn't walk into the new movies with expectations that they were going to make some trilogy that beat out the original trilogy. Right. I don't think, and I think if you walked in there with that expectation, you're, you're just setting yourself up for a, a, a letdown. What I did want is I wanted to experience the star Wars universe again, uh, whether the storyline was perfect or not. And I think they, they did a, a fantastic job of that. Like, I think you are re immersed into the star Wars universe. They have some really cool Easter eggs in the, sh- in the movies the storyline is like, okay, it's there's some plot holes and maybe it's not perfect, but honestly if you look back at any of the like portions of the Star Wars, like, you know, the trio of trilogies, they all have plot holes and there's issues yeah. in all of them. And so like to fuck off with some of those arguments. Honestly, I think from a cinematic perspective, it, they were fantastic. They were very well made movies, um, from a you know, like just a filming standpoint and like what you're getting from, you know, as especially in the theater. But also I enjoyed the story. Like I enjoyed the characters. I think I had a good time watching the movies and I I've talked about this for a few minutes now and we could probably make an entire um, episode out of like ranking star Wars, you know, trilogies and movies and everything like that. And I'm sure plenty of people have done that before, but I just, I don't agree that I think at you as somebody that claims to have been at one point in your life, a star Wars fan must watch the movies. And I will eventually, I, I think we do have to like plan that out as an episode where we go like, we find a we find a week where both of us don't have a lot going on, and we watch every piece of content from the Star Wars universe that's out there. Maybe not every piece, but like I was gonna the, say, do you realize how much time that would take you? Yes. So we watch like the the first trilogy, the second trilogy, and then we watch the New Age movies. We don't have to include the Mandalorian in it, though we can if you want. Oh my god, so good! Haven't watched a single episode. Um, yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah, probably. Straight um, up. So I say that we, one is that one's actually offensive. 
The new trilogy, I get it because of the mixed reviews, but fuck you. Go, go watch The Mandalorian. It's fine. All right. We'll watch. I'll watch The Mandalorian and all of the other movies, and we'll, we'll do a whole episode on that. But I think that's a good, good way to kind of wrap that topic up. We all have guilty pleasures. Just be honest about admitting them. No one's going to make that much fun of you. Hey, man, this is the most public I've ever said that I, uh, I'm a RuneScape player, so you're welcome. I could have told you you were a RuneScape player, but that's another story for a different day. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Two Average Husbands. We appreciate all the support that you guys give. Make sure you give us a follow on all of our social medias at Two AVG Husbands on most platforms. We just launched a Facebook page as well. You can just search Two Average Husbands, the three words, and you can find our, our page there. Give us a like. We post all of our content there as well. We'll start doing some uh, specific stuff for the Facebook page as well as like we do like the Twitter polls and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for all of that content that is there. But thank you guys all for tuning in. I will let Kyle wrap us up. Yeah, I don't know if Jake started this week or not, but Jake is doing a lot of effort in the background to set up some more streaming services too. So when we go live, we will be also live on Facebook in the future if you're not tonight. Can't remember if you said you are or not. We are not. It costs money to go. That's that's a whole conversation for us to have. But Well, perfect. We started talking about this. And our goal is to get live on more platforms as well, not just on uh, YouTube, especially since um, you know YouTube isn't necessarily where all of our viewers are. Uh, and then, you know, you can... Not everybody loves YouTube. So we're trying to do, we're talking about the Twitch options and everything like that. So uh, looking into some stuff and you can thank Jake for doing all that background effort that I'm not even participating in at all. So thanks for that. Um, again, yeah, it's number two average husbands on both Twitter and Instagram. So feel free to follow us there and keep interacting with us. Uh, uh, thanks for uh, Uncle Kyle for chiming in in the comments as always, keeping us entertained uh, throughout the episode. Uh, but that's all I've got, man. Uh, thanks again for joining us, guys. Another great episode. Peace. Peace.